Hi, this is Susan Farron, founder of First Responders Resiliency. And I'm her daughter, Bailey, and we're the co-hosts of the Resiliency First podcast, where we share the most up-to-date research regarding behavioral wellness for first responders and their families. So take a few minutes for yourself, leave your expectations and to-do list at the door, and welcome to the Resiliency First podcast. Okay. Hi, Mom. Good morning, Bailey. So last week, you spoke with Ron about meditation. So I think for this episode of the podcast, it makes sense to to follow up a conversation about meditation by talking about one of our favorite books, The Surrender Experiment. So if you'd be willing, would you tell our audience a little bit about the book? Absolutely. So this is a book written by Michael Singer, and he is the author of the book, The Untethered Soul. So if you've ever read that or you've heard about it, this is his follow-up to that book called The Surrender Experiment. And I have to tell you, this was really impactful for me because it was a lot like meditation in relationship to becoming aware of what the brain was doing without you really giving it permission. It's I kind of re- refer to it as you know, what's supposed to be in the passenger seat of your life has actually gotten into the driver's seat and it's running your life and you don't even know you've handed over the wheel. So this really helped me a lot to people saying, I can't meditate. I, you don't understand. My brain's always talking. That's right. That's right. Your brain is always talking. And what we want to do is introduce people to the concept of just turning that volume down. Yeah. And that, that voice that's talking isn't actually you. You're the one being witness to that voice. I know you have a a quote in here that you really like. Do you want to read it? Yeah, it's just the place where he recognized it. He said, instead of simply being uncomfortable and trying to find something to say, I noticed that I was uncomfortable and trying to find something to say. For the first time in my life, my mind and emotions were something I was watching instead of being. And that's, for me, that is like, that is the key And if you've never been introduced to this kind of a concept, it sounds a little airy-fairy. It's like, oh, really? What kind of a podcast is this? But the truth is, it's recognizing that the brain is talking without you giving it direct permission to. And it's just really just regurgitating information that it's learned over the past, or it's got a habitual habit of telling you a story that maybe and most likely isn't true, and you're not even aware that it's happening. So... As I mentioned before, it's like turning down the volume on that voice that's playing. Yeah. And when I first picked up the book, I felt very resistant to the ideas of surrendering. I didn't really know what surrender meant. And I'm, I'm a recovering um, asserter, control freak, whatever you want to call it. And so for me, my perspective has always been, well, if I'm not controlling things and making them happen and taking care of everything and everyone, then... I mean, the whole world is going to go to hell in a handbasket very quickly. So the idea of surrender was so uncomfortable. But something that I love about this story is just when you think it can't get any more insane, him just kind of showing up to, the, to, to a situation, being in the right place at the right time just by saying yes, um, you know, to basically yes to his experiences, it just gets crazier and crazier. Like just when you think it couldn't get more bizarre, it just does. Well, and I think that the word that comes to mind, even though you say crazier and crazier, what I notice is it just keeps getting better. Yeah. And as first responders, right, we pride ourselves and we are successful in our industry because we're controlling, because we anticipate 
because we're always aware of what could go wrong or how to help if something does go wrong or how to protect something. And the idea of surrendering actually sounds like a fail. It's like, oh, no, no, you don't understand. We don't surrender. That's a weakness. But what I think people discover when they start doing this work is it actually is your superpower. And as silly as it sounds, like my favorite movie is Finding Nemo, probably because <laughs> I'm a lot like Dory. But I love the movie because when Crush and Squirt the Turtles are in the East Australian Current and, and Martin ends up in the East Australian Current. Marlin. Marlin, sorry. <laughs> For all the Martins out there, I apologize. Marlin finds himself in the EAC and I realize that's where I want to be, right? I want to be in flow. And that is really what surrender puts you into. And it's funny, it's like the super highway of manifestation or transformation or positive results. And we don't even realize we spend most of our lives pushing, right? We're always pushing, trying to make things happen. And it's not until you stop doing that you go, wow, I'm really tired. I've been pushing for a long time and it's not actually getting me exactly what I want. And when you let go, you find out that for lack of a better phrase, the universe actually has an A plan. And if you can let go a little bit, you'll find out these incredible things begin to happen. Yeah. And I, I love this image when I think about the idea of surrender, that it almost looks a little bit like a surfer riding a wave because, you know, if you're, imagine you're, you're swimming into a wave, there's, there's really not a lot of power there, um, at least going in the direction that you're trying to go. Um, if you're, if you're swimming up current, for example, but if you turn your board around and you let the wave carry you, suddenly there is an immense amount of force and pressure that you're able to work with. And a surfer would never say that, you know, they're causing that force or that power. They're just riding the wave. And sometimes that's what I think about with surrender, that it's it's basically saying yes to something that's much greater than you are in terms of, of force. And by saying yes, you're not swimming up current. You're saying like, I'm going to see where this opportunity takes me. I think that is just a perfect analogy because the first time I learned to meditate was five years ago on the one year anniversary of my, uh, I think it was my diagnosis. I took you guys to Hawaii and I learned to surf there, but I also learned to meditate there. And when I was meditating, I realized, oh my gosh, this feels just like surfing because I let go. I allow that rhythm, that sense of that buoyancy almost to take over. It was just amazing. And then of course, you know, we have a whole life since then, the last five years of watching how the world has unfolded for us very much like what Michael Singer experienced, except for mine's been with this organization. But I would credit, you know, a lot of what happens to surrender, not to actual effort. Yeah, yeah. And then if if you're thinking about effort in surfing, you know, the effort is really, it's really not extreme when you're riding a wave, you know, and yet how easy is it to make baby steps with surrender and, you know, you start riding a little wave, you're, you're starting to get your balance, get your feet under you, and then you, you start to forget and you start swimming or like riding up, like basically upstream or you crash into a wave and you start to think to yourself like, oh yeah, that was, that was interesting. That was cool. But you know, maybe actually I'm in control of things and certainty is something I can count on. And, um, I think I'll, I'll swim upstream now. I think I got this. 
until once again you're thrown by the ocean against the rocks and you realize oh shoot right i'm doing it again i was supposed to be surrendering it's so funny when you said that it reminded me we have a physical resiliency instructor yoga um named todd saruti rudy as we know and love him uh says when you're trying to do yoga you have to try really really gentle (laughs) and and everyone expects this great big ex-military guy who teaches our physical resiliency yoga they always expect him to be doing tough stuff and yet he's this great big man doing this incredibly gentle stuff and yet it's that gentle movement while surrendering to the movement he's guiding you you're doing it and you just you kind of get lost in the experience and that's when the magic happens and so but it is so counterintuitive i mean it's counterintuitive to all of humanity I think that just with first responders, even some who are hearing this were like rolling their eyes going, really? Seriously? Yeah, actually, seriously, because I think that's where a lot of that post-traumatic stress, those symptoms come in is our our inability or our sort of unconscious ability to keep controlling things really stop us from releasing because we're afraid if we release, we'll lose our edge. And we talked about this with meditation. You actually think you're going to lose your edge if you surrender or you're going to lose your awareness. It actually increases your edge. It increases your awareness and it increases your ability to uh, respond and react uh, more effectively. And so, you know, just on what's that line you say, Bailey? Uh, on the other side of fear is everything you could ever want. Mm. And we don't recognize that controlling things often is based in a fear of. A, not being in control, or B, not being prepared. Yeah. I have no idea who I who I stole that quote from, but I love the really idea. It was really good. Yeah, it was really good. So um, if you know if you know who that, who that quote belongs to, let us know. Um, but I love this idea of, of being gentle or holding loosely. Mm. I remember the first time I heard the phrase white knuckling, and I was riding with Chris Jacobs, uh, my godmother, CHP officer in Santa Rosa, I was riding on Space Mountain with her and I was so terrified. Mm. And I I grabbed Chris Chris's wrist with both my hands and I squeezed so hard that I probably cut the circulation off to her hands. And after she said, "Wow, you really white knuckled that whole ride." Mm. And the interesting thing is whether or not I held on to Chris's wrist, it didn't actually change the experience of the ride. It didn't make me safer in a way. It only made me much more stressed and, you know, physically engaged, all of my muscles tight, etc. But when you get on a ride like that, once you say yes, once you buckle in, that ride is going wherever that ride is going. And no amount of white knuckling is going to change the destination of the roller coaster. There's a, there's a great book called uh, White Knuckles, Overcoming the Fear of Flying, which I don't even think is in, in publication anymore. But I have to tell you, one of the funniest lines she says, the author says is, you actually aren't keeping the plane in the air by sucking the foam out of the seat. Because people who are afraid to fly, right? You get in the seat, you buckle in, you start trying to hold the plane up. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, I, you know, another uh, phrase that's really uh, incredible, I think that I think of a lot is the Albert Einstein. Mm. The mind that got you into the situation will not be the mind that gets right. you out. And that's probably a paraphrase of one of his quotes, but it really is about the thinking 
that gets us into these situations will not be the thinking that gets us out. And when you surrender, you actually have access to sort of a higher level of consciousness, as weird as that can sound to some people. There's, there's a power outside of your thinking brain that's more powerful than the power that's inside the thinking brain. But as if I can use my, my meditation instructor's quote one more time, he says, you know, <laughs> your brain's like listening to radio station KFCK and it's playing the top 10 hits of your life and they're all negative. And it mm -hmm. starts with the number one hit, you're not enough, followed you know, shortly by you're not doing enough, you should be more. And your brain is telling you that because it's trying to keep you safe. And so this illusion that we have of keeping ourselves safe or controlling, it is just that an illusion. But as you would know, right, that I, that's all I knew how to do my whole life until things changed and I began to, to surrender. Yeah, yeah. And, and just with regards to the radio station KFCK and those top 10 hits, something that I think is so powerful about Michael Singer's book is step one for him is not about changing those stories and and trying to you know figure out how you can release them and fill them with a different story step one is noticing the stories and noticing that you aren't them because identifying as those stories and believing them and having no gap between you know the words and the reactions and the feelings and your sense of self is incredibly painful and destructive wow and so you know, we've, we've been doing a lot of cross-referencing of other people and thinkers and books, but, but one more that I think is so, power, uh, so powerful with relationship to the idea of surrender is this thing that Marianne Williams says, Williamson says in A Return to Love. Yeah. There's this idea with regards to a higher power that for so long we spend all this time trying to prove to ourselves that we're in control. And when we realize that something else might be, we're so relieved. We're relieved and terrified. I think for a lot of the, those of us who've been in charge, the idea that there's a higher power seems again, like failing or abdicating responsibility by surrendering. But even, you know, it's funny you'd say that because I love Marianne Williamson's work, but there's also um, Gabriel Bernstein Gabrielle Bernstein. Gabrielle Bernstein. So you see, it's so nice to have you to correct me. <laughs> Sorry, you Gabrielle. You, you created me. And <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm the grammar police. <laughs> she wrote, wrote a book called The Universe Has Your Back. And, you know, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. Hippy dippy. And yet she talks about it. Uh, Jennifer Sincero in uh, You're a Badass. These books talk about higher power. And I told a gal that I work with, um, you know, I don't care if your higher power is a beanbag. Uh, just trying to trust something else outside of you actually has a plan. I mean, look at the planet, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, okay, I don't care if it's a big bang or, or creation. Look at the planet. Like the water is perfectly designed to keep us sustained and yeah. we can't live without water. So everything that we actually drink outside of water is produced with water. That's the yeah. only thing that satisfies. And the plants and the fruit and the vegetables and the animals it's just okay i don't care how it got here but check out the ball of dirt you're floating on in the universe yeah and surrendering to something saying okay i don't know who you are what you are what this is but i'm tired yeah and i just want to try letting go and have see if you'll help me 
resolve this issue, conflict, stress, problem, trauma, whatever it is. And then when it begins to resolve itself, not saying, which I think most of us do, which is, oh, what a coincidence. It just stops being a coincidence after a while. And yeah. you're like, okay, there is absolutely something supernatural going on around the planet and I just need to tap into it. Yeah. And, you know, obviously some folks have a relationship with the idea of a higher power, God, the universe, source, light, love, something like that. But, you know, to me, sometimes I feel like a higher power could just be, let's say your body. I mean, humans are are so brilliant, but we don't know how to create life. Right. And our bodies know how to create life by no help or intentionality of our own. I mean, just the fact that we can reproduce humans very easily, all things considered. And, and basic, it's fun. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> and, um, and do none of the work necessary with our conscious minds. Like, right. our bodies are so brilliant. And it makes sense because... You know, we've been responding to our environment for many, many, many years. It's interesting, right? Once the egg and sperm are connected, you just, man, it's a self-cleaning oven. It just, <laughs> it starts doing its, right? That, that baby begins to be produced instantaneously. Yeah. Those cells begin to split and multiply. And 10 months later, there's a human being, a yeah. breathing, seeing, hearing human being. It's mm -hmm. like, and we don't have to do anything. But wait. Yeah, 25 years later, she's sitting right in front of you. Correcting Asking you questions. I know. Correcting your My grammar. bad. You created me. But anyway, so you mentioned, you mentioned Hawaii earlier yeah. and learning how to meditate, learning how to surf. And a few months ago, we went back to Hawaii after a couple years and, uh, and you got a tattoo on your wrist mm -hmm. that sort of harkens back that experience that we had back then. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the tattoo and why you got it? That's so funny. So thank you for bringing that up. You know, this, this company, everybody's already heard the story, starts with me getting sick and becoming aware that first responders are dying prematurely, selling the house and starting this company with the idea of helping my colleagues and to some degree helping myself not knowing that five years later we will have trained thousands of people and be on the brink of building the first first responder resiliency center and i have to tell anybody who's ever thought to themselves oh yeah i could never do that well me too right i was just a recently divorced mother of five a medically retired paramedic with an idea and i had no qualifications to be the person who started this i just realized it wasn't being done so as the company began to grow, it scared me. And I realized at some point I began trying to manage it again. Mm -hmm. I became a human doing and not a human being. And getting to Hawaii, which was a gift from Tom and Terry Christensen, thank you very much, was an opportunity for me to spend a week on the beach meditating and doing yoga. And we ran into a couple of gals who both commented on having tattoos from the same person who we were told wouldn't be available for months, but I reached out to her and as cool as the universe is, she canceled some appointments to get us in and I had surrender tattooed on the inside of my left wrist because I have to remember to let go. And that is the superpower. And, you know, I wasn't, um, habitually a tattoo person, but having those constant reminders for me 
is vital to the success, not just, I think, of an organization, but of my own life as well, because what value am I to a company that teaches people to let go and to trust if I can't let go and trust? Yeah, yeah. And I remember when when people were, tell, were telling you that, oh, that tattoo artist, you know, she's she's booked out for months. There's no way you'll be able to see her. I remember you responding just like, we'll see. Right. And, I'll see her. Yeah. And so I call there. They say, no, I'm sorry, because she was on the cover of a magazine, a tattoo magazine. So she was really, really popular. And everybody said, oh, no, no, she won't be available for months. I called. They said, no, she's booked months out. And I said, could I just get her email address? And that night I sent her a quick email saying, this is what I wanted to do. And this is why I wanted to do it, because this is so important to me personally. And we're here on that anniversary experience. And she called me that night and she said well why don't you come down and at least I'll give you a consultation and when you come back four or five months from now I'll do it and we went down there and met her and started talking and she said man I don't know what it is about you guys but you guys are so cool I'm gonna I'm gonna cancel my next couple of appointments so I can get you in and do this for you (laughs) just like man that's the universe right you just let it go you just say watch this. Let me just put it out there and see what happens. And if the answer was no, that would have been good too. But the answer was yes. Yeah. You got tattoos. I got tattoos. Devin got a tattoo. I know the ink girls. Yeah, I know. Oh my goodness. Come back from Hawaii. I think, you know, something I want to just, since we're talking about it, let's talk about your tattoos because I thought of this phrase and I know that this could also be credited to somebody really important and not me which is nobody gets wet by the word water. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get that when I first heard it, but I realized when I talk about that phrase, I often talk about when people refer to God. So God is a word that people use to describe the supernatural, invisible experience that they have. But because you call it God, doesn't make it any more God or less God Mm -hmm. than anything else, any more than me calling it source energy universal power, the beanbag. It doesn't matter what I call it. What I'm doing is I'm trying to surrender to this invisible power that seems to have a better plan for my life than I do. And so with that being said, let me just turn this question around. Tell us about the tattoos you got, Bailey. And this is not an advertisement for tattoos, by the way. Yeah, this is not I a pro tattoo. Most, yeah, this is. I spent most of my life being sort of anti-tattoo, but not anymore. And Bailey, tell us about yours. Yeah. So I was, I was definitely nervous to get these because, you know, having two first responder parents, I, I really wanted to make sure that any tattoos were not visible for uh, potential employers, et cetera, et cetera. But that went out the window when I got these because there are, there are three bands on, on each of my wrists and the, you know, the Trinity is significant across a number of different spiritual traditions, including the one that I was raised with. And the reason that I got these is, is really as a reminder of this idea that, you know, we're here on the planet to be the hands and feet of God. Um, there's this, there's this verse about, about being the hands and feet of God that I, that I love so much. And something that I really appreciate about that idea is, you know, whenever I start getting caught up in something that causes me a lot of anxiety, I know I'm making it about me and not about the work that I'm on the planet to do. And, you know, I loved what you were saying a minute ago about not getting wet by the word water and kind of submitting to the authority of something, some higher power, whatever that looks like, beanbags or otherwise. And um, 
what I love about it is that's really what surrender is. It's, mm -hmm. it's submitting to something that's maybe more powerful than you are. And, you know, for us, you know, we have this, this, um, really like personal relationship with these different ideas of, of divinity, God, the universe, etc. But I think for a lot of folks, you know, just, you know, if that's not something that resonates, something that you can still surrender to is the fact that no matter what you do today, no matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you work, no matter how you show up, the sun is going to set and it's going to rise the next day. Yep. And when you're not on the planet anymore, all of that is going to continue right. and it's going to continue without you. And so recognizing that the force of, of your body and your will and your mind are nowhere near as great as these other forces that surround us, even just, you know, geographically, right? Even just cosmically. And, you know, I think that no matter what your relationship is with, the, you know, relationship with is to the idea of God, you can always submit, submit and surrender to something that is more powerful. Yeah. And, and I think there's a really key point in that, which is for a lot of people, and, and I can speak for this for myself, the idea of a God is like not going to happen because religions, not all, but many religions have used the fear of God as a way to control people. Mm -hmm. And so God is angry, he's frustrated with you, he's a he, let's start with even that. Um, but he, you have to perform better to get its approval. And if you're not living your life right, you're not loved. And yet that is the opposite of what is true. Yeah. Because there's all these places that say, come as you are. Okay, come as you are, and then we're gonna change you. Well, how about if you're loved just the way you are today, yeah. right? Addicted, adulterous, disappointed, isolated, angry. It doesn't matter, right? If, if anybody on the planet was being judged by their performance, we were all going to burn in whatever place you would burn something that is of no use. And the reality is, um, I don't believe in any of that. I think that we are all just incredible human beings doing the very best we can on any given day based on sometimes situations around us, things out of our control. But the illusion that our, I don't know, acceptance is based on our performance. That's where I think we get off track. Yeah. Because no one's performing, nobody's performing yeah. perfectly. And so I think just the idea of, you know, settling in and saying, okay, whatever it is out there, I want to know that you love me and that you care yeah. about me and you have what's best and I'm going to try letting go and then watch what happens. Yeah. Well, we've got to, we've got to wrap up here in, in just a second, but I would love to know, is there anything else you want listeners to walk away with today aside from um, a, a glowing recommendation of the surrender experiment and the untethered soul? No, I mean, there's nothing really that I can say more than what I did, which is self-acceptance, you know, recognizing that you're doing the best you can and, and uh, surrendering to whatever it is that you're willing to surrender to and trying to be still and pick up the book, uh, practice the art of meditation and uh, tune into things that inspire your soul. And yeah. let's go change the world together. Yeah. And if 
And if you're new to meditation and you've got tons of thoughts and it's still overwhelming, just remember that it's a practice. And if you if you went to the gym and you went for a full week every day and you know you still didn't have all of the results that you were expecting, uh, you wouldn't be surprised because you know that it takes time to go to the gym and see results. And the same is true with meditation. But um, you're gonna have you're gonna have invisible progress even before um, you you feel. Maybe you feel it. And so keep it up. Keep it up. (laughs) And uh, we're here for you. Send us an email if you have any uh, any requests for things that things that we can talk about on here. And otherwise, thanks for tuning in. Thanks, everybody.